Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. We're talking about practice. How can I make my teammates better by practicing? I'm gonna show you how great I am. You, me, or nobody. Miss, gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Episode 20, where we pick up our second part of the interview with Coach Randy Sherman of Radius Athletics. In the first episode, episode 19, or in the first part, episode 19, if you missed it, you need to go back and listen to it. He gave some great advice, some great information. We talked about what his philosophy was on skill development, um, You know how much time players should be spending on skill development at the youth level, and some some really wonderful, great other advice that he gave. And now in this part, in this episode, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about skill development during the end season, small-sided games and decision-making. Um, and he's also going to give us some great information uh, on his RAMP program, which is for coaches and trainers, and it's just some really valuable, valuable information. So here's part two of my interview with Coach Randy Sherman of Radius Athletics. So we hear a lot about skill development in the offseason. You know, every time basketball mm-hmm. season is over with for high school players and, and, and college players, right around March, April, you start hearing about players getting ready for, for the summer with travel ball and also hitting the gym and trying to get their skill development in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how important is skill development in season? Do you think that players – should not do skill development at all during the in-season because they have so much practice going on? Or do you think they should still spend a little bit of time uh, fine-tuning their skills? Yeah, this this question was, you know, sort of right right in my wheelhouse in that, that, that I still identify myself as a high school basketball coach even though I'm, I'm out of that profession now and, and, and onto, onto the professional development industry. But uh, I... I think, I think it becomes incumbent upon the the uh, the the coach that is in season to view skill development as key, uh, but to make the most efficient usage of time. Uh, maybe it should be done from the framework of their offensive philosophy. Uh, uh, a you know. If they're a four-out team, a motion team, uh, you know, you're developing skills, and, and and a creative coach can sort of blend together drills that sort of speak to his offensive philosophy, but at the same time develop skills, um, and you know, break down decision-making drills, if you will, right? And and uh, you know, on their own during season, time is crunched. Um, if there's a little bit of time to go see a skills coach and get a little bit of maintenance and, and, you know, if there's good dialogue between the player and their skills coach on the side, I I had a lot of players here in Dallas, Fort Worth that had a terrific skills coach here in, here in the Dallas, Fort Worth area that, that was always emailing me, always asking me questions about coach, you know, this player's coming to me and, and, and she wants to work on, on this. What would you like to see me do? 
that that sort of dialogue I think is more the exception than the rule. Maybe more of that would be a good way to blend the two of in-season skills training. Um, but I would encourage the high school and college coaches that are out there that to sort of, you know, time is time is the finite resource. The NCAA, your state association, the fact that the volleyball team and the basket, the boys basketball team or the girls basketball team has to use the court, puts constraints on your time, right? And and because time is the finite resource, then efficiency becomes the way to sit your set yourself apart from the coach at the school down the road who you're competing against. So uh, I do know this, the high school coaches and, and, and college coaches that don't have to devote as much time to passing, catching, dribbling, they have an advantage because they, they, they're into their advanced tactics now. And you're, you're over here playing partner passing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, I would encourage high school line high school coaches to to sort of think of ways to blur the line between what we would describe as like a fundamental drill and team tactics a bit more. You know, like like I think too many coaches look at their practice plan sheet and go, okay, right here we're going to work on ball handling. Right here we're going to work on passing. You know, we got like a thirty minute fundamental block, if you will. And then later on in practice, we're going to work on our five-on-five -five team tactics or our, you know, do a little three-on-three -three or two-on-two. -two. I, I would encourage coaches to understand that, that with a little creative thinking and a little creative application, they can and, – and research and looking at what other coaches who share this philosophy put out there into the basketball uh, blogosphere or, 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 or uh, you know, into social media and things like that. Look at those things and look at ideas of how – you can sort of blur that line a little bit more to sort of kill two birds with one stone. So I hope I answered your question there. Uh, I, I think I did and, and, and gave some ideas to think about about in-season skill development. Yeah, I think skill development is, is important during the season. I think, like you said, the, the time constraints uh, plays a big part in that. I think it's very important for, for team coaches and school coaches to have a plan of how they would like to implement some some skill development, you know, and, and you can do that as, you know, 15, 20 minutes out of practice. You know, um, if you don't have that much, if you don't have 20 minutes to give, you can you can do some type of skill development with your team, breaking down your offense like you mentioned, um, and and just designate 10 to 15 minutes. And you're talking about, you know, two drills of practice. Know, good way to start practice working on some different things you can also try to figure out a way to get a player uh, maybe for 20 to 30 minutes before or after school on certain days and I know once once the season starts that that becomes more difficult I know here in Arkansas teams uh, practice now on Sundays during the season mm -hmm. you know they play on Tuesdays and Fridays uh, they give them Saturdays off and then they usually come in for Sundays and practice so you know, Sunday could be a day that you spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes on, on skill development. But I, I think it can work in a team setting as long as you plan for it and you build it into your into your practice. And as far as outside of that, um, the dialogue between the, the skill coach and the, and the team coaches is important. Uh, that's something I try to do more of. And just kind of getting an idea of what you need to be, what you need to be doing, and what that player needs to be working on.
And then I think at the same time, too, as a skill coach, if a player is practicing twice, a player is playing twice a week, they're practicing, you know, four days a week. So that means if they come to you, they're either going to come on their off day or they're going to come on um, a day that they have practice. I think it's really good to understand, um, you know, how to keep things light. You don't want to you don't want to put too much on them uh, because they're in the middle of a season. And if a player is fatigued or if a player is coming off an injury, you know, I've told players plenty of times, hey, we don't need to meet. You know, I'm going to cancel this session because you need to get your rest. You have a mm-hmm. game the next day. Um, stuff like that. So I, I think we, we got to really keep the, the, the player's best interests in mind and their heart because, you know, we can have them do things just because, you know, hey, I'm, I'm their skill coach. I'm, I'm helping them. But we got to make sure that they're ready because what we spent the whole summer on is getting them ready for the season. So now that they're in season, we don't want to take away from that. Yeah, I think I think that I, I use the word maintenance, like a maintenance workout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a little touch up, just a little like, oh, coach, I I went I went three for ten from behind the arc this week. I need a little touch up, so just come in for a little, a little quick shoot around, a little quick fundamental shooting session. Let's like like almost like a golfer goes to the driving range, right? Like 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 just just come in a little quick. Let's let's maybe find identify one or two. Little, little kinks that have may have shown up in your shot, and let's let's send you on your way. Yeah, yeah. Because what I like to do is is try to um, um, watch my players play as much as possible during the season. Or awesome. if, they, if the games are filmed, I try to get them to give me the film, and just look at the games and say, okay, you know, I saw that you struggle. Like you said, I saw you struggle. Um, you're a little, you're you're off balance on your shot. Um, you know, you're, you're doing this when it comes to your, to your, when you're playing offense or just whatever it is, just, but make it really more game specific, you know, try to show them some film, try to talk to them about some, some ways they can improve on, on different things. Maybe they struggled one night at the free throw line, you mm-hmm. know, maybe they were, you know, two for six from the free throw line when they're normally a, a high 80 or low 90% free throw shooters. So you want to get in some extra things. Just, I think those type of things, like you said, tuning up, you know, being that little mechanic and helping them uh, work through some things. Right. So are there any small-sided games or, or decision-making drills that you'd like to implement or should be implemented that you think should be implemented uh, into skill development? Tons of them. Uh, you know, this is this is a – this this – Phrase small sided games is something that that is I don't know I wouldn't call it cutting edge like a lot of a lot of the younger more modern thinking coaches are espousing this small sided games I I would say that you know I when I coached I was a motion offense coach and I would say that this isn't new it's just called something else right. <laughs> small sided <Right>. games <laughs> uh, as a motion offense coach you go back and I watch Bob Knight conduct practices and. And and some of the other greats, motion greats, Rick Majerus, Don Meyer, people like that who taught motion offense, they were doing what we're calling small sided games in the 1960s and 70s and, you know, way back. And, uh, you know, three on three on a side where you where you reduce the numbers of players and you, you've added a few constraints like this is this is something common to motion offense coaches, this idea of small sided games of 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 
you know, basically at the at its core, the basic molecule of motion offense is a a screener, a passer, and a cutter, right? So so there's a small side of game right there. Just just you know, add a constraint, maybe a a, a, a put it on a side, uh, play off a couple spots, and one of you is a screener, one of you is a cutter, one of you is a passer, and and there there you go. There's a small side of game. I would say, I would say I also like a lot of uh, penetration and read type drills where it's maybe two on two, three on three, or even more players, but but where you know player A gains an advantage on his player, draws in a, a second defender, and then transfers that advantage with a, with a pass to the open player, and that's sort of repeated, right? Like gain an advantage transfer the advantage that's those those sorts of drills are are maybe they're not uh something that you could open up fast draw and easily diagram and you know but they, they they're a little messier than that maybe but but that's basketball just those little small decisions of what read do i make i'm trying to get by my guy and score if i can't score why well it's because this happened he needs the ball so you know the any anything that sort of sets up those those sorts of situations, I'm an advocate of. And and those drills are often what I call ugly drills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can get real ugly. Uh, you know, there could be a lot of mistakes. There can be a lot of uh, learning opportunities also. So, well, that that's what a mistake is. Right. It's a learning opportunity. So that that's that's those those it, to use the opposite of what you're calling ugly drills. Those pretty drills. Mm-hmm. You know, really just make you good at that drill. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the ugly drills that sort of make you good at the game, right? Right. You know, and, and we can put players in isolated situations and work on skills, you know, uh, catch and shoot, one dribble pull-ups, two dribble pull-ups, finishes at the rim, driving kicks. You know, we can tell a player, oh, we want you to drive and drive corner or drive baseline and hit the, hit the corner drift and then relocate for a shot. But when you put a defense out there and the defense is doing different things and now you have to make a decision, now that skill is actually applied in more of a game situation. And that's where players mess up. They can do the skill. A lot of times they can do the skill, but it's the the decision-making that comes along with that skill that they're going to struggle with. Yeah, and I work work in my mentoring program with a coach in Canada, and, and the Canadians have really done a great job of sort of creating a nationwide curriculum and coaching mm-hmm. philosophy that sort of is a common thread through all of their clubs, all of their province, provincial teams. And, and one thing is he, he, the phrase he uses is loading and unloading a drill, meaning an unloaded drill like we're talking about. You Maybe you're unguarded and you're just working on that rip-through, jump-stop, pull-up, right? Uh, but then take that same drill and load it. By adding a decision, adding a defender, add and then and then going back and unloading it and loading it and adding more those I really like that terminology and I, I give credit where credit's due. That's something that, that Tim Brady, a, a coach I work with in Canada, has has challenged me and the other coaches I work with to like, hey, take your drills that are in your play bank that are unloaded and think of ways you can load them and add those decision making elements. Yeah, here lately I've, uh, well, I say with probably about the last uh, uh, 18 months, um, 
I've been a, a big fan of, uh, of Chris Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a coach up there and, uh, in Canada and he does a great job. He has a great website also with mm-hmm. some really good information. And, and when you said Canada, Mike McKay comes to mind mm-hmm. and, and some other mm-hmm. coaches that, that they don't do the traditional, let's just dribble through four or five cones and pull up and shoot a jump shot, you know, and, and by watching some of the things that they do, I'm always looking to, I'm always evaluating my program. Mm-hmm. And I think any coach that's out there, it doesn't matter how, how good of a coach you are, how many wins you have in the season, how many championships you have, you should always evaluate yourself and find ways that you can get better. And I looked at that and I went back and looked at my program and how I do things. And, and I said, well, I need to tweak this and implement this more. So the, uh, the loaded versus unloaded. I, I've heard that before. I, I can't remember where I, I heard it from, but you know that's kind of kind of how I'm starting to do more of my of my skill development. So you know we'll work on the skill. Uh, you know it'll be it'll be unloaded. We'll work on the skill, and then we'll load it up. Yeah. You know, and say okay now let's see about implementing this with some decision making, and if they can't do it or if they're struggling with it, or if it's really, really bad, then we'll scale it back, work on it some more, fine tune some things, and then we'll load it back up. And then over time, if we got, if it's an individual session, you know, it's, it's only so much loading yeah. we can do. But if it's in a group session, we just continue to load it until the player gets it. But here's something that I've realized with players. Their idea of success is based on the outcome. So, if if a player shoots the basketball mm-hmm. and it goes in, they're successful in right. their mind. Doesn't matter how they shoot it; they can shoot it with two hands, they can shoot it off balance. If it goes in, and look at that as being successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're trying to get them to do it a different way, a more correct way, or we're trying to enhance their shooting form, or we're trying to get them to understand this is how you're supposed to make this pass. If it if it's if I want you to make a left hand pass and they can't make a left hand pass, they struggle with it. If they just pass it, I'm looking at that. Hey, you're successful. Mm-hmm. But if they pass it and the ball bounces three times to get to the person they're passing, they're like, OK, I can't do it. So I'm going to pass with my right hand. Right. So I think we got also on the let players understand, look, you're successful. Your success is not always based on the outcome. Right. Once you I'd, learn how to do the skill, then we can look and say, okay, well, I need you to make this shot five times before you move on. I, I've preached that that idea of, of uh, I heard a great analogy. I, I would love to attribute it to someone, but I can't exactly remember where I, I heard it. Uh, but it was NATO, N-A-T-O, not attached to outcome. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, uh, that the – as I, I applied that to, to teaching motion offense to players of like, say we're going to set a down screen for a player and their job is to set up the cutter's job is to set up that cut, receive that screen, read how their defender defends it and make the appropriate cut, whether that's a curl and a, a curl or an out cut or a back cut or a straight cut, whatever, just make the appropriate read. And, and I always preach to my players of, of, we set a down screen for you. You set it up. 
you know, you received the screen properly, you made the right cut, you got the catch, and you shot the ball, that's when I stop caring about what happens. That's when they start caring about what happens. That's when their parents start caring about what happens. But I stop caring about what happens after it leaves their fingertip. Right. You know, so what I'm teaching is you the read, right? Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you down screen. If they trail, you curl. If they shoot the gap, you outcut. And if you do that properly, get the, get the catch and shoot it. I don't care what happens after that. And, and that, that's, that's that's a tough sell, but uh, yeah. it's 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 definitely how we as teachers who have the long term in view in 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 view we should not be so attached to outcome, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And that's something we just got to continue to stress to the players and the parents. And I think that if we do that and we we have open communication, and from a skills coach standpoint, if we have an open communication with the parents and we tell them our vision, then I think they will, they will kind of understand where we're trying to take them. Right. Um, and, and what I tell my players and I tell my parents is I don't expect for you to have the same vision as I do. Mm-hmm. And this is the best analogy I could come up with. Your vision is like an ant is the ant is the vision of an ant. And my vision is that of a giraffe. So I can see much further, down the road than you can. Mm-hmm. So you just have to trust me and understand that even though right now it seems like these drills are, are, are real ugly and, and you look like you're struggling, there are certain things and there's a process that we have to go through in order to get you to where you're wanting to go. Yeah. And, and if you trust the process and just say, hey, okay, well, coach got a different vision. He's seeing way down the road. You know, I'm in fifth grade, but he's talking about seventh grade. Why is he talking about seventh grade? Or I'm in seventh grade and he's talking about, you know, starting on a junior high team or or playing on a junior high team or or even varsity basketball. So uh, I always try to have a vision. And and as a as a player or or parent, you know, just kind of kind of trust in that vision. And coaches need to just have open communication with with the players and the parents. Yes, sir. So how much skill development, you know, should a player get? When it's when 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 they're in the summer, you know, players mm-hmm. are playing so much, they're they're traveling. It seems like every weekend or playing in the tournament every weekend. How much skill development mm-hmm. should a player get in compared to playing games during the summer months? Yeah, this is this is probably something that that needs some real examination. Uh, I I think. I would say it's pro. I mean, it may not be a universal answer. It's going to be different for different different kids. But the it seems like the way we're going is not the proper way, in my opinion. Uh, it's just one man's opinion. Uh, that that uh, this is this is a tricky question, man. It's a good question, and, and it's one it's one to. It's one to really that that I think someone probably way smarter than me needs to examine and 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 sort of grab American basketball by the shirt and say, look, stop, or you know, this this needs to stop and this needs to change um, because it's a delicate balance. Because I think our our goal should our goal shouldn't be to create like drill and skill session warriors, right? So like right, right. too much of that. Like I coach players over the years that like. 
we would have open gym and on one end of the court, I would have the gun, the, the shooting machine or, or set up or, and every day they would go down there and do that. They, given the choice between play a little free play four on four, three on three on this court or go to the gun, they're going to the gun. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would, and then I had players down here who, man, they would sit there and play pickup ball until, until the janitor closed the gym. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and never go touch that gun. Right. So, you know, this, I need, a, I need this player down here to go to that gun and I need that player that's in love with that gun to come down here and do a little more of this. So your, your question of, of, you know, is a little, is really complex because I think it, it, it's dependent upon the player, their personality. Some players need to be thrown into that competitive environment to sort of toughen up and, and get and and make mistakes and learn from them. Mm-hmm. And, and some players need a little bit more of of the, you know, just grooving their shot or grooving their ball handling skills or grooving their, uh, you know, their finishes and things like that. So I, I think, you know, all skills and no play makes for like a skill or drill workout warrior, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like you're a, a, a show pony, right? Like you can do all these fancy <laughs> tricks, but you can't yeah. play, yeah. right? And then all play and none of that means you're going out there and some bad habits are allowed to fester, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to put a number on maybe where that correct balance would be for every single player, like a universal answer, like all kids should do 50-50, 60-40. I, I just don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable giving you an answer with a number or something like that. But I, I do think if I have one thought that I would try to answer your question with, I would say a combination of of, of better team practices that are that are – more decision-based skill work based from a games type setting might be the answer because it sort of kills birth, both birds with one stone. And, 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 uh, you know, I would also point out that, that somehow free play has just been lost in all of this. Just, just, I was, I, I'm a cyclist for exercise. I like to go cycling and, and sometimes I, I, uh, I'll ride through my neighborhood And I'll pass like an elementary school that has like these beautiful basketball courts and they're empty. And I was thinking, man, when I was a kid, this would have been full of kids. Like, yeah. like I can remember driving all over Dallas. Like, no, nah, we can't get a game here. It's too full. It's we're going to drive over here. Can't now this this I, I drive. I, I cycle by this court. It's beautiful, beautiful court, straight rims, no chains mm. right there. No gate around it and nobody's on it day after day after day. So I, I think somehow this free play, free play and let like sort of letting the game teach you the game has been lost. And quite frankly, that it happens when adults get in the way. And and, <laughs> yeah. and uh and so man, this is a great question that needs someone with a lot with a lot higher IQ than me to examine it and 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 think of think of it, but but I, I do know that 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 the workout warrior that can't play can't help me. And the guy that's got bad habits because he never works out on his own or develops skills can't help me either. So, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a complex question and I'm sorry. I I really don't have like a numerative answer to give you, but, but, but it's something that, that I think needs to be examined. I do think the answer might be just like a better, a better way of practicing skill development that's a little bit more 
game like and not so much drill like uh is is the answer and and uh i, I think i think you know i, I i'm going to contradict myself cuz i sort of just did this of sort of like i hear like i said i have thousands of hours of conversations with coaches and i hear their i hear their complaints about how uh, these kids just don't play pickup games like we used to or these kids just don't get in the gym and work like we used to mm-hmm. i, I kind of call that good old day syndrome you know yeah like like uh like it's maybe like a little revisionist history of like oh these those were the good old days like no they weren't you know like this same problems <laughs> same problems were around then you know yeah. so so but but what i challenge the coaches i work with of like is when they make those complaints is like all right that's just that's just the way it is. So, so if they're not getting the gym, they're not doing any free play. They're not learning the game pickup style like we used to. And then they get in your gym and you put them on a bunch of cones. Well, that's not helping it either. If if they're not playing, if they're not playing games and and learning the game through the game like we used to when we were children, and you get them in your gym when it's your time, and 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 you put them on some cones and put them on some some partner pat like that's not helping that problem right right like like right. make make if, if that's not happening and that's that's just the sunk cost of doing business as a coach now that's not happening kids don't play unless they got air conditioning two referees and a year, <laughs> right then then right. then when they get with you make that your environment to try to remedy that problem right well they just li- really like sometimes struggle with letting go of the tradition the custom, what they've seen from another big name coach of like, no, you got to do this passing drill or you got to, this is what you have to do. This is what coaches do. Well, maybe it's not, you know? So, so man, it's a complex question. I don't mean to ramble, but, but that's, that's just some thoughts I had along those lines. No, I, I agree with you. Every coach that I've asked that question to is, is one that kind of stops them in their tracks. They they duck it like I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some you know, some would give me an answer, um, but they. One thing that's being consistent with the answers is everybody knows there needs to be some type of solution, but no one knows what that answer is. You know, I may have a coach that say two to two to one for every school, every two skill development sessions you have, you need to play one game or. Four. I've heard four to one. I've heard one to one. Yeah, I, I just think it's a much messier question than that. That yeah. that 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 you got fifty kids that play in your program. Mm-hmm. Not not every one of them needs two to one. Not every one of them right. needs three to one. Like some do, some don't. It's a much messier question than that. And it and it is. And I think that you have to have. A, I think whatever whatever the answer is, it has to be a good balance. You know, everything that we do in life has to have a good balance. Too much of one thing can be a hindrance or have a negative effect on how you live. You know, I mean, just in, in life general, if I eat, you know, too much, you know, candy, that's going to have a negative effect on me. But if I balance it out, it, then, I, then I'm going to be good. So when it comes to skill development and versus playing games, I was fortunate. I guess you, I guess I got that what was the term you old school uh yeah syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah good old know, day syndrome yeah, good old yeah. day syndrome because i i think about that a lot now i was fortunate when i wouldn't play pickup ball i played with guys that played in college were professional 
Um, and I didn't deserve to be out there on the court, just to be honest with you. And I was in seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade. I didn't deserve to be on the court. But they all knew my dad. And my dad didn't didn't play, you know, he didn't play in college. Um, but they just knew him. Mm-hmm. And they and they knew that I wanted to play and I was out there trying to get better. Yeah. So they would teach me how to play. So when me and my dad went to the gym, <clears throat> excuse me, when me and my dad went to the gym and we would work on my ball hand and my shooting and my passing and, and different things, when I got out there and played with those guys, you know, that's when I would try try those different things, those different skills I would work on. And then, you know, during the game, guys would tell me, no, you should have done this and you're supposed to do this on defense. And when that guy got the ball, you got to, you know, you got to understand the score, you know, you know, we're up, we're playing the 15 and, and we got 13 and they got 11. We don't have to come down and jack up a three, you know, we mm-hmm. can score two, one, you know, two baskets and win it. Cause they can't win on the other, you know, just yeah, simple yeah. stuff, you know, making you have to think and understand the game. Now a lot of these players now, some of them that I experienced and deal with don't have that. Um, and they want to play. They want to get better. But they don't really want to um, take the time and really try to play the game. They they want to play, but they don't know how to play, and there is a big difference in that. So there's really no there's really no answer for that right now. I don't think anybody has an answer for that. You know, the ratio could be anything, but I think whatever it is, you have to have a good balance between the two. But your skill development has to be effective and efficient skill development and then your your free player your pickup play has to be somewhat meaningful you know i you know then i tell players all the time don't get me wrong that you should have time where you're not just taking basketball serious you know you should be able to just go out and play and have fun with your friends but then also there should be times when you do play and you're trying to actually get better and work on uh different skills mm-hmm well, I would I would argue that that this frustration we have as coaches about players sort of not not taking advantage of every opportunity that's available to them to get better. I, I always t- try to explain to coaches that that's a, that's a human nature thing. That's not kids these days. That's not that's not. Uh, Good old days, it was different. This is this is this is a human nature thing, right? Uh, for example, you ask a CEO that runs a a, a company that has thousands of employees. Ask him how how many of your employees are really love their job and 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 serve the company, or or however many of them just eight to five take that check and they could care less. And they would say, very few care. Most take the check, right? Uh, and I'll put it to you this way, and this is just me being as blunt as I can possibly be, right, is I work with coaches from all around the country. I have dozens of coaches. I, I, my, my program's grown, and you know, guys have come in and out of it, and these same coaches that complain about players not getting in the gym and putting in work, I, I, get, I, I, I make myself available to, to, to help them with, with their programs, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll have I'll have a call a, a Sunday night group call and let's say I have 50 members I might have eight guys on the call 
Mm. All right. So the same the same guys that are saying all these kids these days, what how would they feel if they had open gym with 50 guys in their program? They had open gym tonight and six show up They're You know, so it's a human nature thing. It's not a kids these days thing. It's not a it's not a uh, uh, these parents don't you know, it's it's human nature. Now, some of them on those Sunday night group calls got family things. Some, some of them are out of town. I, I get that. Right. But so do your players. Right. And and some of them are also sitting there watching the 155th Royals game of the year instead of being on this call, getting better. Right. Mm. So so this is a human nature thing. It's not a players and kids these days. Now, what I've got to do as a coach and as a mentor to these coaches is look at myself and go, I got to make my product better so they don't want to miss this. Right. Like there is no way. Hey, I know what I'm doing the other 30, 30 nights of the month. But this night of the month, I'm going to be on that call with Randy because this is so that's where I got to look at myself as a coach, as a mentor to coaches and say, I got to make what I'm espousing better where players don't even think about or where coaches don't even think about missing it. Right. So I challenge coaches who who have these complaints about these kids these days. These kids look at what you're selling. They're not buying it. That's you. That's you. They are not buying it. That is you. Right. It, that's 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 as blunt and as direct as I can be, but that's a fact. That's a fact, right? Yeah. yeah. And and it's real easy to just throw up your hands and say, "Oh, these kids these days, they don't want to come to open gym and work like we did when when we were kids." That's 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 bull. All right. And and I I don't mean to get I'm getting fired up, coach. I'm getting <laughs> I don't I'm, I'm going off. I feel I'm about to mic drop the mic on you now. So so but but. But this is a human nature thing. No one, myself included, yeah. takes advantage of every single opportunity that's out there for them to get better. Right. Yeah, and right. and and what we make time for what's important to us. A hundred percent all the time. It, and and judging by a lot of things, what 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 players and coaches are making time for a lot of times is not basketball. And and that's that that goes back to the coach. Right. The, the, the leader, the mentor, the person in charge of of make your product better that somebody just wouldn't even consider missing out on. Yeah, you you make some very valid points. Um, you know, you sh- you want to have something where players don't want to miss something that players want to be a part of, something that players are eager to participate in. Um, and you're right. I, I've never I've never thought of it, thought of it that way before. Um, you know, it's a human nature thing. Uh, a lot of a lot of times people have opportunities to improve and get better and they just don't want to take advantage of it. Um, it could be whatever reason, laziness, uh, convenience, um, whatever you want to call it. And you're right. Uh, so a lot of times we should take a look in the mirror and, and reevaluate, you know, what we're doing and what we're offering um, mm-hmm. before we're so quick to to say it's 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 you it's you um pointing at someone else versus saying look maybe maybe it's me so and and what you were talking about for us with your with your service that that you were that you mentioned that's a great segue into into uh the next part of this interview and i want you to talk a little bit about radius athletics exactly what it is um what you offer what services you have for all the coaches out there 
that uh that may be listening and is this something just for school coaches and and team coaches college coaches or or is it also a place for skill coaches i'm gonna come correct on you now you ready (laughs) i'm ready (laughs) i have i have at its peak i've had over 60 guys right now i'm somewhere in the 40s and 50s coaches that i'm work with uh I have not had a single inquiry from an AAU coach about being involved in this program. Mm. I have not had a single inquiry from a skills development trainer about how can I learn from your program. Now, again, I don't put that on them. I put it on me. This is my product. I haven't made it appealing enough to them. That's the way I look at it. Uh, so it is for any coach that, 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 that runs a team. I really think it, it, it's probably best suited for a coach that, 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 coaches a team, but, but, uh, whether that's a high school head coach, a junior high head coach, I have college coaches in the program. Uh, basically what radius athletics does is basically a program where, where we use Skype sessions, much like this one, where we video share and, and we talk about tactics. A lot of them want to learn some of the motion offense that I've teach, I've taught through blogs, through fast model and things like that. Uh, not all of them do. Most of them want to uh, help or use me to help them make what they do better. Uh, Radius Athletics, we offer a program called RAMP. It's called Radius Athletics Mentoring Program for coaches who, who want to uh, basically seek someone to critique them, to self-scout them, to help them just refine their coaching process. It sort of evolves throughout the year. In season, it looks way different than it looks out of season. And, and basically, a lot of coaches uh, describe it as hiring me as like a virtual assistant coach, right? They may be in Nebraska, Ohio, New Jersey. I'm here in Texas, and we meet three times a month, one-on-one, and coach, this happened in this game. I want to show you the video. Okay, let's get online and look at it together. And now this player should have done that. And, and it's it's just a coach that loves the game and loves coaching, helping other coaches. That's really what it is. Do those coaches that help you, do they run a particular offense or is it just for any coach that runs any offense at all? Um, most, most of the coaches that came to the program at least has some sort of attractive attraction to running a motion offense, but not all of them do. In fact, very few of them actually do it. Uh, but what I always say is like joining the program is like hiring an editor, right? Like what, like, like a, a common theme through the, the questions I answered for you today was let's subtract some things. Let's get down to the core. Let's, let's edit. Right. Mm-hmm. So like what I honestly coach, what I think the, it's not the original objective I had for the program, but it's evolved into this is for me, to help you simplify, simplify, simplify. Get out of the way. Let your players play. How does that look in practice? How does that look? And the program goes wherever the member coach wants it to go, really. And and I, I try to, but but I, I'm really insisting upon a few things. Their offense is just, in, I'm, I'm indifferent to what their offense is. Whatever it is. Okay, coach, that's what you run. Let's make it better. Let's make it more seamless. Let's make it flow Let's make it connect to your transition, to your half court, to your baseline out of bounds. So that's that's sort of the things that I help coaches with. 
So how could um, I know how AAU coach could benefit, and, and I think there's a lot of AAU coaches that need mentoring um, because any any AAU or summer travel team coach can come from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and a lot of times what I've noticed is those coaches do what what they've always done or have always been a part of. Whether it was this is what my coach did in middle school, this is what my coach did in high school, this is what my coach did, you know, when I was in junior high or my AAU coach. But how can a skills coach like myself um, benefit from from this program? I would I would say unequivocally, the way a skills coach could benefit would be to hear the. I don't want to call them complaints, but here here are the concerns of high school and college coaches that are in the program. Take what you're hearing and go back and look at like what this is what coaches this is ultimately a player's going to get playing time when they develop the trust and they please their head coach. Right. Mm -hmm. This is what kids really need to get to win that trust, get on the court. Become dependable enough to where a coach is going to play you and I'll enjoy the game more. I would say that's that's how a skills coach could benefit of having conversations, listening in, learning what goes into creating that big picture offense. So you can go in and fill that role that may be there of of. All right. This is what this I see that I see how the system all works. I see the interchangeable positions and. So that means I got to take my players and teach them this, this, and this. I really think it would rejuvenate a skills coach to be involved in the program. And uh, honestly, I think it would just it would be a refreshing voice to our program to have someone who did that uh, because it would just bring a different perspective too. So there's there's a lot of ways it could benefit. Mm. Now I have to admit when when I've I've seen your website, I've been on there a couple of times, and. Um, I just assumed that it was for team coaches, and uh, that, that's probably yeah. that's probably the most natural fit. But but like I said, it's it's an evol- it's an evolving program. It's 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 the members program. That's the way I view it. It's not my program. It's it's I'm just I'm just the conduit, right? I'm just the person who's bringing these guys together to share ideas, and and if they want to learn from me while they learn from all the other members, that's great. So what type of, uh, I guess, uh, the programs, um, so, I mean, when you, when you decide to join, mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about the, about the membership, uh, yeah. opp- opportunities that they have? I, I mean, at the end of the day, you're asking what, what is the, what is the what and the how of the program? I like this, like, how do we, uh, basically you join. And through if you're, you know, most of the members are remote all over the country, even in Canada. And and we have three one on one sessions per month where we get on a a web conferencing or where we can share cameras, we can share computer screens and look at the same diagram, look at the same video clips, uh, three of those sessions per month. And uh that can be about whatever topic that that coach wants coach help me with my practice planning help me with my uh uh, watch our game let's watch our game from tuesday night together online and and we're trying to run the offense that you teach and what are we doing wrong where can we get better that that sort of thing three three of those sessions per month 
on one Sunday night per month, we have what I call a group web clinic where, where it's either myself with a prepared topic. Sometimes I go out and get a guest and they talk to the coaches and, and we just have like a round table on a certain discussion. We did, we did a whole month of, uh, of, of scouting where we talked about every coach got a chance to talk about their scouting procedures. Uh, we've done, you know, basically like it's, it's not any different than a basketball clinic a coach would go to where he sits in an auditorium or a gymnasium, a gymnasium and sees a coach down there mic'd up with a, a demonstration group or mic'd up with a whiteboard. It's just done through, through the Internet, a much more efficient, accessible way, right, and personal way. Okay. Okay. And I'm, I'm looking at the website now and I see that there's a six month option mm-hmm. and uh, there's also yeah. the one yeah, year some, option. Yeah. Some coaches just want to drop in maybe like back to school time. So like the six months from when back to school starts, you know, in August and then the six months that'll get them through their basketball season and, and use my help then. And then they just take the rest and they come back and rejoin and, and some, some players want the year or some coaches I should say, Stay in year round, you know, year round. They want to they want to talk year round about, you know, like they spend a lot of time sometimes in the summer, in the off season doing investigating new teaching methods and things like that. So it, it I try to kind of sort of create some packages that work for for across a lot of different you know spectrums. And what's the uh, the fee for the the uh, the six month or the the one year? Well, I think let me let me look at it, Coach. I, I recently uh, I recently adjusted my my pricing, but to to account for just the increased number of resources that that we've accumulated over the last year and a half. I think it's one sixty nine for one sixty nine for six months, two ninety nine for a year, and if you go with like a monthly year option, it's twenty nine ninety nine per month. So. Okay. If you really do the math, I'm really almost giving away my time. If you if a coach uses every opportunity that's available to them in this program, their one-on-one sessions per month, they come to the group clinic, you do the math there, I'm not making anything per hour. It's 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 just enough to sort of, you know, cover some cost of the website, cover the cost of of some of the software I use to create things and things like that. So so I'm not I'm not necessarily thinking this is going to be something that makes me, you know, the next millionaire or anything. But <laughs> it, I, 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 uh, I really think. And also this coach, I would I would challenge the coach to think of it as like prepaying for basketball clinics they might attend. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you go sit in that auditorium I described and you hear Bill Self or Coach K or something give a lecture, there's 500-something people in the auditorium with you. Uh, you don't get a chance to answer a question. If you follow up with an email later, you're, they're, they're not gonna get, probably not going to get back to you. Uh, uh, if, 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 you have, if you didn't get it through that really informal, bar, broad setting, you're not going to get it, whereas this is way more personalized. And I'm not Coach K or Bill Self, so I get the appeal of those events versus mine. But but uh, I think if you're if, if a coach really wanted someone who would take and invest in them getting better as a coach, this is where you go. So, Coach, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in contact with you? 
Um, if they wanted to drop you an email, what's your email address? If they want some more information about your uh, ramp uh, program that you have and how they can follow you on social media. Excellent. So my website is radiusathletics.com. Through that website, there's a contact page. You could use that or you could email me directly at randy at radiusathletics.com. Uh, Twitter has been huge for my business. That's probably how 90% of the coaches I work with have come to know the program and know know about what I'm trying to do to help coaches. Uh, you can follow on Twitter at Radius Athletics. So, uh, you know, all that same brand name, RadiusAthletics.com, Randy at RadiusAthletics.com, or at RadiusAthletics on Twitter. We appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's podcast. Big shout out to Coach Randy Sherman for his time and dropping some knowledge. You can connect with Coach on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Radius Athletics. Also connect with me on Twitter at NBNBball. You can now follow the Skill Development Playbook Podcast on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at SDP underscore podcast. You can find links and additional information from today's podcast on our blog page. Just visit NBNBball.com forward slash Skill Development Playbook and type Radius Athletics in the search bar and everything will come up. You have been listening to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast, where the world's best trainers and coaches come to discuss skill development.